Welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers. I am Leo Flowers. Let's all take a big inhale. And exhale through the mouth. Just do that one more time. Big inhale. And exhale through the mouth. Thank you for being here with me today. It is July 12th, I believe. Yes. And I want to talk about two things. One is how the extreme heat can impact our mental health. Then two, discuss a reading that I posted on Instagram that has gotten so much attention, so many comments from people that I want to share it with you regarding stimulation and feeling. But first I want to talk about the extreme heat and its impact on our mental health. Because I'm reading some stories about people really struggling with their mental health right now. And we'd be remiss not to acknowledge how temperature can affect our mental health. There's so much talk about, oh, your mental health and it's all in your mind. And, you know, there's cognitive behavioral therapy and dialectical behavioral therapy and Freudian therapy and all these different therapies that will focus on your childhood, focus on your thinking and your behaviors. We also need to look at the impact of our environment because we know when the temperature goes up a few degrees or down a few degrees, it affects mood. It, it There's a change in crime stats, right? Where there's either more shootings or more killings or, or fewer or less than we just see the weather impacting human behavior in different ways, depending on where you are in the world. And I want to highlight this because we are conditioned and the media can condition us to think it's all in our head when some of it is in our head and some of it is in the air we're breathing or in the temperature of the day or it's, you know, about does our air conditioning work? Do we live in a place that is well ventilated? So to separate the human being from the environment is utterly ridiculous and um, uh, it, it's not fair, you know. So one of the major ways that he impacts us and our mental health is that it has such an impact on our sleep. If it's too hot, I can't sleep. I need the window open, the fan spinning, or the windows closed, fan off, and AC on, whichever. But I cannot sleep if there's extreme heat, especially if you have extreme heat and extreme poor air quality. So now the heat is preventing your body from cooling down, which it likes to do when we sleep, and you're unable to take in 
deep breaths, which we know is the foundation of health, the, the ability to deeply inhale and exhale, to inhale and exhale. So profound. It's so foundational to our mental health, to our ability to recover for the next day, to be mindful, to be present, to perform, to party, to take in joys. So the heat affects our mood. It makes us, you know, want to, it makes us, you know, we can get a bit, you know, irritable and overwhelmed. And especially if, if you have a job that requires you to work out in the heat and the humidity and you can't take the breaks, right? So the other thing that heat also affects is our neurotransmitters like serotonin, which is one of the most important regulators. It's closely linked with keeping aggression in check, right? So the, the chemicals in our body, you know, the neurotransmitters, the serotonins and, and the dopamines and, and, and all of these things that regulate our mood and our hunger and our sleep, those get greatly impacted by heat and cold. You know, if you watch, I, I watch a lot of movies, apparently, and, and you can tell if you've been tuning in from day one, a lot of movies, a lot of TV. And when you watch these action movies and there's a, some type of torture scene, they do one of three things to torture a person without actually putting hands on them. They either, one, deprive them of sleep by, you know, sending loud noises or, um, you know, yelling at them uh, or creating an environment in which they really can't lay down to sleep and get comfortable. They, uh, or they will increase or decrease the temperature. So they'll put them in a room that's extremely hot or a room that's extremely cold. But these are different ways that they are torturing this individual. So we know from a scientific point of view that an increase in heat or uh, extreme decrease in heat can be torturous for us and can impact the quality of our mood and our sleep and our ability to self-regulate and self-soothe. So... What do we do? How do we stay cool in the summer, right? One is drink plenty of water. Get your electrolytes in. Don't be one of those, I don't need to drink water, water's not cool kind of people. I drink at least 75 ounces of water a day. And once again, I understand it's a privilege. Some people live in places where the access to water isn't like, how it is here in San Diego for now. There's always a drought warning. I, I probably should get like 20 gallons of water. I mean, what, what was that going to last me? Two days? Um, but drink plenty of water and get your electrolytes in. So put in sea salt or salt water tablets. You can buy those. You can buy a bunch of, and you don't have to buy the pre-made electrolytes. You can make your own with just sea salt, um, honey, 
and uh, lemon. Just squeeze a little lemon, a little sea salt, and just a, just a dab of skosh uh, honey, and you're good to go. And you don't even need the honey if you're a person trying to cut back on sugar. Just a little sea, but not a lot of lemon. Just a little dollop because the acid from lemon is not great for your teeth. It'll, it'll ruin the enamel. So be careful with how you're, you're using that lemon water. It's, it's good on occasion, but not something that, um, you know, you, you don't want to be doing uh, 75 ounces of lemon juice. So, and then limit your alcohol because alcohol can narrow the flow of blood through your body. So then your body can't regulate. It can't stay cool. So make sure you're limiting your alcohol. I'm not saying don't drink any alcohol, but just be aware. This idea that drinking a cold one keeps us cold, it actually does the opposite. Drinking a beer makes us want to drink more beer because it is actually raising the temperature in our bodies. And this is also why if you're upset or angry or frustrated, drinking alcohol is not (laughs) the optimal thing to do if you are trying to regulate your mood. You want to drink water. You you actually want to take the beer out the cooler and, and drink the melted ice in the cooler. Put your feet in the cooler is what you want to do instead of taking the beer out. Um, also to stay cooler is we can eat light meals. Yeah, eat light meals. You know, when we eat heavy, we feel heavy. And then our system has to work a lot harder to digest that food, which increases our body temperature. I don't know about you, but I've definitely eaten to the point of where I start sweating. <laughs> Probably because of those jalapenos that was in, you know, the lasagna or whatever I was having, or on my tacos, my tacos del nachos. And then we also want to be smart about how we are training, making sure that we're working out in the morning or late in the evening, but not in the middle of the day. You know, one of the crazes is like hot yoga, that Bikram yoga, where you're in a room for 90 minutes, and what is it? a hundred and something degrees they set the room to something insane and you know i loved it i actually enjoyed it i felt amazing after every session but you know during this heat wave probably not the smartest thing to do we don't want to risk losing more fluids than we have to right now and and this is just for the summer this is just for the heat wave just for the heat um and then you can go back to working out in the middle of the day But in a lot of parts of the world, they don't work out in the middle of the day. The middle of the day is the time to chill, kick back, take a siesta, have a couple glasses of water with electrolytes, you know, kick their feet up, spend time with the family, play the guitar, play a few games of chess. That was their time for leisure in the middle of the day. So... Use that middle of the day as a time to to kind of slow things down. You know, especially as lunchtime. I mean, after lunch, my brain is toasted. So please stay, stay smart. Make sure you're wearing clothes that's cool, light-colored clothes. Don't wear dark-colored clothes. 
Uh, dark color clothes attracts more heat. Wear the light colored clothes. And actually, covering your skin uh, uh, protects you more from the heat than exposing your skin. So this idea of walking around in tank tops and uh, shorts, that might you know, be beneficial for some people. But for a, a lot of us, if you're really out there in the heat all day, you might want to wear pants and a long sleeve, but something light, something breathable that's um, not going to cling to your skin. And maybe bring a change of clothes for you. And wear a hat, obviously. Yeah, put a hat on your head. So we want to we want to keep that body cool. And then at night, you know, I take a cold take a cold shower at night if you can, and then go to bed. Um, you know, with as few clothes as possible. I sleep naked. I try to keep my body cool. And, and hopefully, you know, some of these things will work for you. But just, but just play it smart and, and don't feel like you have to be a hero. It's, the heat definitely impacts your mood. And even if you're in a relationship at work, just be aware of how that humidity and that temperature can impact you. You might have to scale a few things back. Look at your, all the work that you have planned. And if it seems too overwhelming, you might have to take a few things off of your to-do list for now, for the summer, and come back to it in September, October, right? So be aware that, yes, the heat does affect our mood. It affects the quality of sleep we receive. And so it's going to affect our performance and how we show up and, um, you know, our ability to regulate ourselves. So be aware. So now let me get into this book, all right? Let's get into this book that I, I, I read this book, not every day, but just on the days where I'm like, I need a dose. You know, you have those, like I read novels and self-help books, but then I have this book of daily meditations called 365 Tao, and I'll link to this in the show notes. 365 Tao, Daily Meditations by Dang Ming Dao. Now, I'm not Taoist or anything, but I love waking up and reading something. I don't want to say it's positive, but something that kind of guides my North Star for the day. Besides getting on and, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm quick to get on Instagram and the news and all that in the morning. And I uh, try to be mindful of, let me start off by reading something that's going to nourish me. I don't know what the news is going to throw at me. I don't know what I'm going to see on Instagram. But I do know when I open this book, 365 Tao, I'm going to read something that is good for my soul, that's going to that's gonna make me feel held and supported and, and, and give me a, a way forward. So on page 260 in the book 365 Tao, the topic is stimulation, and it says this. Sex, coffee, liquor, and cigarettes are the totems of today. Stimulation has replaced feeling. In today's world, there are the unfortunate equations. Do you want intimacy? Have sex. Do you want to be energetic? drink coffee? Do you want freedom from inhibitions? 
drink wine? Do you want a fashionable prop? Smoke cigarettes? Why is it that these things have replaced what should naturally be done? Because people have lost the knowledge of how to do these things without artificial stimulation. Why not seek intimacy through sensitivity, energy through good health? If we overcome our obstacles, we won't need inhibition. Pretension will fall away. Only then will there be a blossoming of Tao. End quote. So I posted this on Instagram in my story at Leo Flowers 2000 on Instagram. And it got so many views. It Usually my posts get a, uh, maybe 100. This one is close to 1,000. And everyone has asked me what book did I, you know, get the reading from? And so I start reaching out to a few friends and I said, what is it about this passage that connected with you so much? And I think part of it is a lot of us are definitely so feeling so overstimulated. I had one friend say, I asked her, I said, you know, what part of the passage connected with you so much? And she said, all of it. I used to do all those things, smoke, coffee, lots of random sex to mask the pain of my past. But when I, I gave it all up and let myself be with all the feels, I felt more connected to my higher self. Wow. And so that, that was a powerful share. My other friend shared that I don't need to drink to get rid of inhibitions. Now I, now I use meditation and positive affirmations. Boom. My other buddy posted, um, uh, my boy uh, Synergy said, the part that resonates the most is the fact that people don't know that they have the source within them for energy and satisfaction and relaxation, and everything else that we seek through external means. Coupled with the lack of knowledge, I think, is as a society, we have become asleep, and if it doesn't happen immediately, we check out on it. Yeah, right? It's this idea of, like, we want things and we want them now, and if we can't have it now, then we just reach for the the coffee, the caffeine, and all these other things, right? Uh, And then my friend CJ posted, well, as I read the first part, it was like everything was a Band-Aid. And the solution is to simplify, peel back the layers, and yes, there will be discomfort, but then we find pure and sustainable ways to align with those virtues. Beautiful. And then I'll read one more. Uh, I think that was, okay, that's all I got in for right now. But this idea of so many people recognizing that they are seeking stimulation instead of sitting with their feelings. It it definitely resonates with me. I'll reach for, you know, uh, whether it's sex, uh, whether it's physical or online, or if it's uh, coffee, I don't drink coffee, but definitely I was drinking energy drinks and green tea um, I don't do liquor, but I have drank in the past, but I wouldn't consider myself a drinker. And then my cigarettes really has been food, 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 right? I'm always eating 
cookies, cakes, donuts, ice cream, popping all those things in the mouth. So, so yeah, we, we are all like guilty of it. Or my actually, my cigarettes, I think the phone is the new cigarette, right? Where uh, you get on your phone immediately to kind of calm yourself down or to self-soothe yourself or to, to seek stimulation. And it really does have some strong effects on us, right? Uh, when we are overstimulated, it, it really is like bombarding our senses. And then we can't really feel ourselves. We can't really get in tune with what we need or what we want or what, what our true desires are. Or we can't even connect to the higher wisdom that is already within us. Because of every time I'm uncomfortable or uh, bothered or agitated or, or irritable, and I reach for sex, coffee, liquor, cigarettes, then I don't really get to the wisdom of understanding the source of my discomfort, the source of my agitation or frustration or anger or e- even grief. Why am I crying like this? Last night, I just broke down and cried in the shower. The shower is my, man, that's my cry. <laughs> that's my cry cave right there. I, is that a word? Cry cave? <laughs> I like that. I'm going to write that down. My cry, the shower is my cry cave. <laughs> um, yeah, I just broke down and, and I was like, why am I crying like this? And then I go, you know what? If I was laughing. I wouldn't ask that. If I was dancing, I wouldn't ask that. I was just like, you know what? I'm crying. Just let myself cry. Is what my body needed. Is dope. I felt better afterwards. I never feel worse after a good cry. Um, I will say this. Because full you know, uh, disclosure here. Because I, me and my girlfriend lived together, I held back the crying. I didn't want her to hear me crying in the bathroom. I didn't want her to come in and be like, hey, what's going on? Are you okay? And at the same time, I did want her to come in and be like, hey, what's going on? You know. And I think there was a, it was a mixed bag because I didn't really know why I was crying. I was, it, just, it just was like, boom, just hit me. And part of it might be me going through a depressive episode. It's been tough for me to get out of bed in the morning. Once I'm up, I'm fine. But the getting up and out has been uh, a struggle the past uh, week and a half, two weeks. I talked to my therapist tomorrow. We'll work through it. And, um, But, yeah, I just wanted to share that because I, I noticed that. And, and nothing has to be done. It's just being aware of, like, oh, that, that's interesting that, you know, I'm holding these two thoughts or uh, desires or needs at the same time, or I should say wants at the same time, right? Where on one hand, I, I, I want to be, I want to cry in isolation, alone. And on the other hand, I want someone to see me and be like, what's going on? And, and kind of be taken care of in that moment. So, you know, that was interesting. Now, the problem with, I don't want to say the problem. But the effects of reaching for sex, coffee, liquor, and cigarettes 
you know, these external things is that it can lead to more agitation, insomnia, uh, loss of focus, overwhelming feelings and thoughts, and anxiety. Because think about what, you know, coffee does. It's a stimulant. So if we're already upset and agitated or frustrated, it's it, we're just putting fuel on a fire. Same thing with alcohol. It's only going to uh, exacerbate whatever, whatever the symptoms are. If we're grieving, now we're going to be really sobbing and uncontrollable and uh, our grief will be unmanageable. And then, you know, sex, that's opening, up, uh, opening us up to, uh, you know, uh, STDs, pregnancies, dr- drama, infidelity, uh, maybe a financial hit, especially if, if uh, you're talking about uh, people outside of your relationship. So you're looking at infidelity, so maybe it leads to a breakup or uh, a divorce, and then you're breaking up the family and your routine and so many things. You could lose your job from that if, you, if, if it's sex with a coworker or a boss or you know what have you. Um, and, and not to mention if it was non-consensual. Or, I mean, there's just so many uh, ways that um, sex, coffee, liquor, cigarettes. And, and by the way, those aren't the only, you know, sensory, this overstimulation can come from social media, right? Where, you know, every post has music behind it and these quick cuts and takes and, and these uh, hyper-sexualized or hyper, everything is, people are either like super wealthy or in these extremely gorgeous places and these oversaturated lives of uh, consumption and, and wealth that y- we witness. And, and then it, it, it can go from that to uh, extreme violence that's posted on social media. So that can be over. And then, you know, for wa- if we're reading too much news or watching too much news and hearing about, you know, the world this and the, and the financial system that and, uh, you know, the crash this, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then if you work in an open, uh, open plan office, right? If you're in one of those office spaces where it's, uh, there are no cubicles, no offices, like you don't have a door to close to where you can kind of be in your thoughts, your own thoughts, that can be overstimulating as well. And that can, you know, decrease your productivity and, and drain your mental battery. Crowded spaces can do the same thing. It can overstimulate our parasympathetic nervous system so you you'll crowded spaces like planes trains um you know i I can understand why some people don't like to fly it it, it's it's so much from taking an uber now you're in a car with a stranger and then uh you get to the airport now you're surrounded by you know thousands of strangers and you get on a plane and you kind of squeezed in and um and then, you know, the bright lights and loud noises. I One of the things I like to do is be very, like, even right now as I'm recording this podcast, I would have cut a light on, but I go, you know what, just open up the blinds and let the natural light in so I don't have all this artificial light hitting me and, um, and cutting some sounds off so I can really uh, decrease the stimulation on my, on my nervous system. Um, and so, you know, what do we do then if, if we are feeling overstimulated? 
Well, obviously, you know, I'm going to talk about sleep, right? I'm going to talk about stretching, gentle stretches. Uh, uh, some of these stretches are workouts that you see on YouTube and Instagram. And so there are, like in yoga, there's yin yoga, Y-I-N. So if you type in yin yoga, it's very gentle, slow. It's bedtime yoga. It's not, you're not doing these crazy holds for 10 exhales. It's very gentle. So doing gentle stretches when you wake up in the morning and before you go to bed at night, right? Meditation. And meditation can be a walking meditation. You can do a moving meditation. A lot of people do a walking meditation, a moving meditation. This just means that you're walking without your headphones in, right? You're just listening to the sounds, noticing the smells, seeing the different colors, feeling different textures of the flowers or plants or buildings, and just kind of tuning into your senses, right? What do you see, smell, taste, touch, hear? What are all those things coming into you? Um, and then also making sure that we're talking to ourselves in a very loving way. As I shared before, one of my new mantras is I feel beautiful, buoyant, and bountiful. I have another longer uh, affirmation, but, but that's the short one right there. Because you know my, my inner voice can be extremely critical at times. Um, and then we also want to, you know, make sure we're asking for help and then cutting out any extraneous noises. Sometimes we think that, you know, playing music or, you know, having a TV on, that that's going to be soothing for us. But a lot of times, you know, we cut the TV on, but we're watching, you know, something violent or um, you know, something that's going to get our, you know, activate our fight flight uh fear response. And we don't want to do that. So you might have to cut everything off, put the phone down, get quiet for a minute, and then tune into what you need. It's hard to really be aware of what you need when we have so many things running in the background. To really understand how to replace the stimulation with feeling. Remember, we can't really feel ourselves if you know we're in the if we're on the phone and the sex and the coffee and the liquor and the cigarettes and the uh, you know uh, in crowded spaces. You know, if we're scrolling through social media, these are all things that are taking us away from ourselves. So. I hope that, you know, one of these things you can practice or become aware of. Um, appreciate you for tuning in. Do me a seven-second favor and share this episode with one other person that you feel might benefit from this. Because when we share, then it gives us something to communicate, right? It gives you a connection point. When we can communicate, we can connect. And when we connect, we can build community. And that's what this is all about. So thank you for tuning in to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers. Uh, remember, this podcast is not a substitute for you calling the 988 or any of the other 800 numbers that are listed in all of the show notes, no matter 
if you're in the Philippines or in uh, Budapest or Sri Lanka. I keep saying Sri Lanka. I don't know <laughs> why I keep saying Sri Lanka. You know, if you're in New Zealand or Australia or Canada or the UK or obviously here in the U.S., you know, we got listeners out there in Indianapolis and, and uh, you know, Virginia and Maryland and New York and L.A. and San Fran. So I, I appreciate my listeners all over the world, no matter where you are, Texas, Colorado. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And let's get to tomorrow together.